Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian, he's been living here in Japan for over two decades now, and for about half of that time he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, so for today's episode, this is a conversation with a new potential client who's looking to buy cheap but still stay near Tokyo. So this talk is really all about Tokyo and its immediate surrounding areas. How expensive is it really? Uh, where could good affordable properties be found in that general area? And also what's Tokyo like um, when compared with other cities in Asia? And then we segue a bit into the experience of working with us at NTI as consultants and handholders while the transaction itself is being handled by a local Japanese realtor, as opposed to the normal course of us facilitating the entire purchase on behalf of the client. Um, what are some potential issues with older homes in Japan? when it's a good idea to conduct a structural inspection prior to purchase and what exactly should be checked in these scenarios. And then a bit about the potential yield of Japanese investment properties as well and how to leverage those or another type of investment to potentially become a resident and eventually qualify for permanent residency in Japan. So well-rounded conversation there, a bit more of a macro look on the entire family home or holiday home purchase procedure and how it can be done as smoothly and painlessly as possible, whether it's with the help of a good buyer's advocate or proxy like ourselves, or even if you're doing it completely on your own. Enjoy the conversation, and I'll see you again on the other side. Okay, okay. so I will... Do you want me to scroll down through your email and reread it, or do you want to give it to me from the get-go? Uh, yeah, I can... Uh, yeah. I just have to remember what I wrote. Ah, I found the it. Time. There you go. I found it too. So you found us through uh, Cheap Houses Japan, right? Yeah. 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 I found you through Cheap Houses Japan. And um, basically, what I'm looking at is uh, my work may decide to move me to Tokyo. So I need to find out, uh, you know, about buying a house there and, and figure all that out. And I've been doing some research, trying to do all the calculations to figure out, you know, how much money I need. Um, the challenge for me is I have two dogs, so renting is uh, not, nearly impossible. not much of an option. You, you're um, sorry, your voice is kind of scrappy, horsey, something that sounds like a microphone issue. Okay, uh, is that any better? No, Still... that's a little, a little bit worse actually. <laughs> raspy, okay, raspy. Look, I would. Okay. Oh, oh, it was good for a second. Okay, whatever. Um, uh, sorry, uh, I can go and. 
get my other headset out if you want. It's up to um, you. No, I think I think I can live with that. If it gets too much, I'll let you know. Okay, so you're thinking of buying? Does it have to be in Tokyo? That's pretty expensive. Uh, no, it's not in Tokyo. We we have uh, uh, we've. Is that any better? I just switched the microphone. Yes, what have the... you done? That's perfect. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I just switched it to the PC instead of using this microphone, so it'll just yep. be. All right. Um, yeah. So um, we're looking in Chiba and um, Saitama and Kanagawa, and just kind of looking on the outside. The problem for us is that it's a full cash payment. Um, yeah. Because foreigners can't get loans. Uh, yeah. So, so we're we're kind of looking at at that as kind of pretty intimidating, but. Um, but yeah, so for us, it's just a kind couple of, of customers that have purchased on the, I think along the Keisei mainline. So between um, between Narita Airport and Tokyo oh, on okay. the northeastern side, they got some nice late 80s, early 90s built houses in some of the smaller communities there along the track. And hmm. for 15 to 18 million yen, so just under. Okay. Just under two hundred thousand US. It's not Tokyo. It's not even Chiba City, but yeah. they're nice. They're nice little towns. Yeah. No, that's great. I think that's good. That's good to know. So we can. Mm. We're obviously trying to find a bit more money than uh, yeah. what what I had originally thought. But uh, I mean, yeah. the other thing is, I I grew up in. My father was big into into DIY, so my house was constantly under construction. <laughs> So we're we're kind of prepared to do a, a bit of DIY just to try to uh, you know save some cost and and just kind of get get going in a house. So well, that will widen your net. You can look at something that's a little bit older or a little bit worse shape. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think um, one of the things that I wanted to understand was just the breakdown of the costs as well. Yeah, so um, I'll give at... all that to you, but I'll, I think I'll exclude our cost because if you're looking for a, something like a, a holiday home or family home in and around Tokyo and vicinities, uh, there are plenty of agents that I can put you in touch with who will be okay servicing foreigners directly. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy to take your money, but you might want to bring us on like on a, as an hourly consultant, which is a lot cheaper just to help you ask the right questions rather than facilitate the entire purchase on your behalf with a strictly Japanese agent, which was what we do, but you don't need that in Tokyo. There'll be at least three, four agents that I can think of who can help you directly. Okay, great. No, that'd be awesome. I think I think our fear is because uh, my wife and I have been living in, so we, we've lived in China, we've <laughs> lived in Singapore now, so we've done, and we haven't been, we've been in Asia for 15 years, so yeah. Um, in some fairly uh, impossible places to buy a house like Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, Macau, if you're familiar with the Macau real yep. estate, yep. it yep. is yep. madness. <laughs> just, and then so, uh, Tokyo, looks, uh, Tokyo looks friendly in comparison, right? If you talk about Hong Kong prices yeah. and Macau prices. Oh yeah. Tokyo is cheap. You, like, you could buy, <laughs> I could, I could build a housing estate for, uh, for the cost of an apartment in Macau. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're going to be coming here and then going around with agents on a regular basis until you find the place, or are you looking to buy remotely before you arrive, kind of thing? Uh, I do tons of business trips over there, so I'll be coming to look around. Um, I'll just hook person. you up with a local agent, then you don't need us, man. 
Okay. Okay. No, that's great. Thanks. I, I, you know, I think, you know, um, no, I really appreciate it. It's just, it's up to you. Cause if you're, if you're helping us out in, in this aspect, it's also, kind I'll of happily help that... you out, but you won't need me signing documents and reviewing them in Japanese and making sure like we'll come in as consultants. You take us on a 10 hour retainer bank. Okay. That's like 400 bucks as opposed to the 4,000 bucks that we'll charge you for full facilitation of the entire purchase. Right. Okay. No, that sounds great. But then that we'll just talk, perfect. We just talk to you. If you're talking to one of and, the agents that we referred you to, then we're happy to exchange a few emails with them, but we're not going to re be representing you in front of a Japanese agent and taking calls from them and stuff like that. We're just going to be advising yeah. you and, and holding your hand along the way. Okay. No, that's that's exactly what, what I think I need. As okay. long as, you know, and it's all, it's because uh, I work in business development, it's all about relationships anyway. So if you trust them and it seems... Like you guys have a really good business going, so um, I'm sure they're they're quite cool. So I, I trust them to be honest, but I also trust them to still be real estate agents. So they'll always yeah. be transaction oriented. Yeah. And, oh no, for sure. They're not going to tell you what questions to ask to make sure that you're not making any costly mistake. They'll just answer questions that you already have, kind of thing, right? So okay. Um, they're they're reliable and they're friendly and they speak English and they provide English documentation, but they're still real estate agents. Yeah, I, no, I'm not saying sure. that as a derogatory term. That that's what their work is and that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, no, I, I work in sales, so I know yeah. it's the <laughs> it's it's the same thing. So um, yeah, so, so it's good to have similar, someone in your yeah. corner, but you don't need us to to actually do everything on your behalf. We'll just um, advise along the way. Okay, no, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, so what is what is your budget roughly? That'll also dictate the age and the location and all that. Uh, we're kind of looking. Uh, I mean, I I know this is low, but we're looking like seven or eight. Um, like I think total cost could be up towards nine, but I think you know that the purchase price, the list price of the house would be, the final negotiated price would be seven or eight because you're looking at seven or eight million yen. Yeah, which is quite, quite low. That's very low. That's going to be some serious shacks in out-of-the-way places if you're talking around Tokyo. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we, did you want to maybe... Quite... Con... What's that? Sorry? Uh, go ahead. Um, did, did you want to maybe consider... An... Oh, no, you said the dog, so an apartment is out of the option, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it has no, to be we're... a house with it. Well, in that case, you might be looking at... Not the Narita side. I would say maybe more the south and southwestern sides. Mm -hmm. um, suburban uh, Kanagawa. So a little bit past Yokohama kind of thing. Okay. And west, west, directly west of Tokyo, like all the way down to Hachiyoji. So those are all places. Um, transport will be smooth, but it will be 45 an hour out of the city. Yeah, that's that's okay. I'm an hour, hour and twenty from work right now. So okay. And it we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, 
tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens, and they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. Okay. And it'll be an old, old house. Like we're talking early 80s, maybe yeah. middle 80s if we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've we've done some a, a fair amount of research looking in that price range to see you know what what we can find and what what we like and some of the houses we look at are pretty they're pretty okay they're a bit remote so we yep. need a, need a, a car to get kind of to That's the station I mean. and then yeah. off and yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. for us it's kind of uh you know we're also we've lived in urban centers so hong kong shenzhen macau singapore so we're kind of like all right the country would actually be you know okay to have a place for the dogs to run and and do whatever you know do dog things uh. yeah yeah <laughs> so, so i mean so. look if the criteria is um up to say an hour from tokyo mm-hmm. um and age is not a, a huge concern then yes the, they'll definitely be able to find some stuff for you so i'll put you in touch with uh two agents that i can think of okay uh kick off the exchange with them and see if you're not getting anywhere with them, which I doubt, but just in case you're not getting anywhere with them, let me know, and then we can just um, onboard you as a normal. Just in case it's really too much out of their way, but I don't think so. They usually cover, definitely cover Chiba and Kanagawa, so they should be okay. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it should be good. I think we're, um, you know, I think I think as long as they're they're happy to help us out, um, that would be that would be great. Um, and I, I am not a, a real estate person, so I'm just kind of, you know, curious. Is there anything I should I should know? Um, like I've done a fair amount of research into the types of houses, the types of costs. Um, you know, like some of the construction costs, like if you're replacing the bathroom, plumbers, that kind of thing. Uh, but okay. is there anything that I should be looking out for that's particular to Japan real estate, like termites or, uh, you know, earthquake? Well, term- I, I, are termites particular to Japan? I thought they were something to check for. Oh no, they're. <laughs> Well, everything in everything in Singapore is made out of concrete, so yeah. So they, 
There's not really a termite problem. Well, it's wood. So you want to consider termite. You want to consider the um, the mold that builds on it when it gets hot and humid. Mm-hmm. And you want to get, so if you're, I mean, but you'll be living there. So you're going to be keeping it aired out on a regular basis. But um, if you're buying at such a low price, you're going to be looking at older homes. The question is whether do you want to commission a structural inspection or not? Um, okay. I mean, at that price in this location, a lot of it is what you see is what you get. But I'm just wondering about the things you don't see, like if the house is leaning, if support beams or the base or, the, you know, the roof or anything that is just not easily visible, just looking around the house in, in a remote viewing or in-person viewing. Yeah, so yeah. you might want to commission a structural inspection that's going to be between a thousand to two thousand bucks, depending on how big and how accessible the house is. Okay. Yeah, um, that sounds like a, a good plan. Yeah. Aside um, from that, I mean, you're it's Japan, so you're aware of the fact that you're not going to be buying here for any capital growth, or unless you're buying super central yeah. Tokyo, Osaka, or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not for capital growth. It's basically to get us over into Japan, and then we would look at you know maybe getting another property that we could rent out, and it yeah. you know the yield. I think I was looking; it's about six to eight percent yield is what I saw in some of the stuff you sent over. Or does it? I know it depends on the area, but that'll be gross. I think net pre-tax yield. If we get to seven percent, we're very happy. It's usually six at most. Okay. Um, unless you're starting to do short-term rentals or monthly rentals or anything of that sort. But with your longer residential typical leases, probably I'd say up to 7% at best if it's a, a smaller town and maybe up to 6% if it's a more prominent town. And if you're talking Tokyo, Osaka, maybe more like 4 or 4.5% at best. Okay. And, but that's net pre-tax. So including all of your known purchase and running costs, and not including annual taxes, not including uh, unknowns like vacancies, maintenance. So net pre-tax, um, if we get six, six and a half, um, that's usually what we aim for at most. Okay. Mm. Gross, I mean, when you look at online listings in Japan, you'll see all kinds of gross yields and what they call net yield, which is not even close to net. So I, I'm not even looking at cap rates and gross and stuff like that. Just how much is in your pocket before you pay taxes. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's great to know. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I know the the property is kind of based on the land rather than on the structure. It seems so. Uh, uh, yeah, there's no no growth in the structure, and the land in the areas that you're buying at this budget, there's not going to be much growth. Yeah. No, for sure. I think I think for us, it's just getting over there and getting something, and then. Once we can start getting loans or or qualify for for some financing, I think that's when we can really start to look at uh, doing something uh, more. So you're headed than for just... you're headed for a permanency uh, residence application. Is that the route? Yeah. Uh, I would hope so. Uh, okay. that's that's kind of what we're looking at now because we're because loans would be difficult we're... without that. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that's that's like ten years out would be residency, right? Or is that? Uh, hopefully, worst case, if you're a good money maker, um, then they would definitely. Even when you go to renew your business visa, they will suggest that you want to apply for residency. Okay. 
Um, so it can be shorter if you're uh, if you're paying a lot of taxes and you're a good money maker. Um, but usually, I'd say yeah, five to ten years probably. Okay. Oh, that's that's good. I'm just writing down some notes so that yeah, I don't go for forget. It. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Um, and that's not too bad. Uh, and residency is. Is it quite tough to get if you're not marrying a Japanese local or? Um, the 10 year mark is usually where if you've been living here and earning money and paying your taxes, the 10 year mark is where you usually be able to almost semi-automatically just cruise into permanent residency. So it's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. um, before okay. that, it might be a bit challenging, but um, definitely okay. after 10 years, you're, yeah, you're almost automatically good to go as long as you're you have a regular stable income history and you're paying taxes. Okay. No, great. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's most of my questions. Um, and, uh, uh, I, was gonna ask. Um, I think for, for our situation and what we're looking at, it's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be, as you said, farther out of town and then just trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the best train line to get on to get to where I need to go. Because unfortunately, my office is in Akihabara, so it would be okay. right in the middle. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's a bit more challenging, but it's OK. So, well, I'll see. Once you start working with these agents, just give them the the rough one hour to work, don't say to Tokyo, because then you might get one hour to Shinjuku station and then it will take you another 45 minutes to get to work. Yeah. So okay. maybe let them know exactly where the office is and start searching in areas around an hour from there. Because that might not take you southwest. That might take you northeast again, if possible. I don't know. So see, okay. see how you go with the agents and we'll take it from there. Okay. Awesome. All right. No, no thanks very much. My pleasure. If you could just, because um, I'm jumping into another meeting, if you could just reply to our last correspondence, just remind me to put you in touch with those agents, and I'll do that. Okay. Awesome. No, Ken. Great speaking to you. All right. No, thanks very much. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks. All right. There you go. As promised, nicely rounded conversation on the purchase process and what's involved with a special focus on the Tokyo area and some of the cities surrounding it. Hope you found some value in this conversation. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review 
on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us.